You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Are you able to connect as a team beyond the trauma and adrenaline-filled moments? Are you able to connect and find shared humanity and joy in ease-filled moments? Is this what happens on your team? Let's talk about it today on Pause on the Play, where it's amazing to see you here, where we challenge you to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day. Erica Corday, along with my co-host, India Jackson, ready to get the dialogue going. So today, India and I are talking about something that I feel like it doesn't always happen enough, but we felt like we needed to have this conversation. And it's about the fact that it's so important to connect as a team outside of putting out fires. You want to make sure that as you are building company culture, that it's not just about when things go wrong, when things need to be fixed. You want to find that common ground, those things that bring joy to you and others and being able to find other things that connect you besides fixing what's going wrong. So listening in today is exactly what I want you to do. So without further ado. Hey, lady. Hey, how are things? They are good. I need this weather to figure out what it's doing because you are frying my sinuses and my children. This whole hot, cold, hot, cold. I'm not I'm not here for it. I'm not here for any of it. <laughs> not at all. And I, I don't know. I guess maybe it's just me, but I'm like, ooh, sweater weather's coming. I'm here for it. Let's do it, please. Thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> Keep the heat just a little longer. I got my jacket on now. Mm -mm. I would rather put a jacket on because I am chilly. But then again, I like scarves and boots and sweaters. So there's that. But you're always cold. So understood. Understood. (laughs) So I noticed something. Um, I had a client call and I recognized that they are very different from a lot of the businesses that I'm watching operating online. And it was something that kind of came up for me and what I saw happening in them, but also something that I've heard some people say when they've taken from implicit to explicit with us. So the client I was working with, I noticed how like they had this company culture that even though they are fully online, they have a like an excellent dynamic of how they partner 
on on the work that's being done, but they're also very connected as humans. And I don't always see enough of that happening. And, you know, we've had times before where for some people, they've even directly acknowledged that they appreciated how, you know, the time that they took with us in like just pausing for a second to spend three hours with us to do from implicit to explicit, that they got a chance to actually be together as a team. And I am noticing that there is really not enough connecting as a team or within the team that doesn't have to do with putting out fires. And so I think it works beautifully when it's done, but I don't think it's happening often enough. Is that just me? No, I see that too. Um, I think that, you know, coming from traditional businesses, both of us, (laughs) before we got into this whole online business world, mostly due to COVID, honestly, I think pause in the play would have been Mm -hmm. in person and online had that not happened. We both got to experience, you know, taking lunches with team members, um, you know, having annual company type events. Or uh, I remember, for example, um, with Silver Immersion, that there were many occasions that we would go to makeup shows together and get to really bond over that weekend and get to check out all the cool new products that are coming out for the year. And these are things that I feel like might come more natural for an in-person or local based business that online businesses can miss and probably would be a little bit more challenging or more awkward to do with global pandemics in play or people coming from multiple different um, cities or countries And yet something can be lost when you don't get to spend that time together that's not just around a fire. So I want to acknowledge, I don't even think that it's just that something can be lost. I think a ton is lost. And a big chunk of that to me is the humanity because you're not able to connect as humans. You're only connecting over, you know, whatever the shared purposes of the business, or dare I say, your trauma bonding when something goes wrong. Oh my gosh, we have to fix this. This went terrible. What do we do now? Ah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I think, unfortunately, COVID was definitely one of those things like as a team, oh shit, how do we fix this? And I think when we watch the social uprising, and how it played out in some people's businesses, but also how it influenced how people were responding within their their businesses and their brands. Uh, that was that was trauma bonding. And I'm going to actually ask you because I think it's important here. We're talking about this. I'm going to pause for a second. I'm going to ask you to e- explain and kind of define what trauma bonding is, in case anyone doesn't understand that. Me. <laughs> I feel a little underqualified for this, but I will give you my personal definition in this moment. Okay. And then, and I'll give one too, but I felt like it was really important from your perspective as well. Cause of course I can, I can always go into like my coach or like, here's my softer side, but like, what is that? Um, I mean, for me, trauma bonding is when you are literally bonding with others over traumatic experiences. And I've seen it used a lot 
and personal relationships. So recognizing that maybe the person that you're dating or the friends that you have or members of your family, a lot of your conversations with each other and the way that you bond together and feel deeply connected to one another can tend to happen around um, something really bad that happened or this thing in the past that you went through together or you witnessed someone else go through. And that becomes what bonds and glues you together. And I personally feel like you run the risk that if that's how you're bonding with people and it's the primary way that you're doing it, then it can start to like spill into like, okay, what else do we have here to bond over? (laughs) Like, is Mm -hmm. that what you want the foundation of your relationship to be? And so when I think about it in the workplace, I can definitely think of some, some companies that I've worked with in the past, worked for in the past as a team member, um, as well as a leader where that was a primary way that people bonded was over the shitty client or um, the boss that no one liked because they treated people mm-hmm. poorly yep. or bonding over the fact that you have this ridiculous sales goal that you know no one's going to meet. And if we don't meet it, somebody's on the chopping block. And like that's what people are connecting over. So for me, when you're, anyway, that's a whole nother tangent we can go down. How are you defining (laughs) trauma bonding? (laughs) I I think trauma bonding is essentially connecting over some type of negative stimulus that you share in that moment or in your past, or you think you might share it in your future. So there's the the threat of it. And Mm. you utilize that as a basis of how you connect with and as as a main way that you interact with this person because the the really challenging thing is that i think trauma bonding can put you in a place to where when there's not the same type or same level of trauma there um there's the worry of like well what happens after the fact like what else are we connecting over where is the substance and there's a risk of you can bond when things are terrible, when they're on fire, when all hands on deck has you um, adrenalized. But when things are good, when things are at a place of ease, when, you know, dare I say joy is even on the table, do you still know how to connect in the same way? And so, I feel like the trauma bonding is like, yes, when my adrenaline is rushing, I'm so connected to you. And the minute I, it's not, I don't know how to respond to you. And unfortunately, I see a lot of teams operate in that exact framework. So what stands out to me is, and what you said, um, there's a lot of pieces to that. <laughs> and I can clearly see some examples. Um, but I feel like the word adrenalizing Right. And mm-hmm. so when we are getting into a physical response, and I'm no science here, this is not medical advice. This is just my personal opinion, disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Um, but adrenaline can be addictive. And so right. if that's what your company culture, if that's what your personal relationships, I know we're talking about business, but it also can spill into if this is where you're spending, you know, upwards of eight hours a day bonding over traumatic experiences that rev up your adrenaline and make you feel like you're on a roller coaster. 
right? then is that something that your body then starts to crave because it's gotten used to it? And then where might that then cause you to do the same thing at home, do the same thing in your romantic relationships as bonding over adrenalizing stimulus? The other piece of it is what happens when that stimulus is gone, you know, and if there is nothing to rev up your adrenaline, are you now reliving out past experiences with team members, which can sometimes look like gossip, can sometimes look like negative conversations, and if you're not careful, can very quickly go from here was one bad or traumatic experience to or bad stimulus, <laughs> might be another way to put that, mm-hmm. and to now we have an entire culture that revolves around negative energy. That, because I think that what can happen sometimes is everything is so built around these not so great moments that you unknowingly create these connections and this culture that is based on, yeah, we we thrive on being able to like, fix the bad stuff and maneuver through the challenging moments. And then there's no challenging moments for a, you know, a while. And it's like, uh, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to interact with you. I don't understand you. You don't know me and I don't know you. And it's almost this desire. Like it, it, it makes me think of like a bad R and B song or a bad country song. Like if there's no trauma, where's the, Where's the longing? Where's the ooh yeah? Where's the soul? What are we doing? <laughs> Hold up, you broke out the Jodeci. <laughs> right. Exactly, exactly. And so when you think about it, it's like, are we, you know, are we really seeking to build a company culture that is only based in when things are terrible, or are we seeking to build company culture that thrives when things are good? Why is it that we are not leading? with them being good. And I don't see that happening enough. Even if we think about people that want to create um, more diverse and inclusive work environments, are you focusing it on what you don't have, the lack, or are you focusing it on what you want to create, what you want to embody, what you want more of, and being able to really embrace the possibility? Mm. So I think one of the other things that I want to say is that the adrenaline rush is like, it's not always bad. And I feel like when I have seen some environments that they do have a very adrenalizing type, some things are happening that are like revving your adrenaline up, is maybe asking yourself, you know, where can you insert some very strategic and and planned things for you to do as a company together that can do that in a good way. And I think of that like the roller coaster, like roller coasters can be really scary, right? Mm-hmm. They, they make you feel like your stomach's going to drop out, you know, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you feel um, anxious for some people, but on the other side of that, depending on how you choose to see a roller coaster, it can also feel incredibly exciting. And like, that was the best thing ever. And so I don't see enough brands and businesses finding what is the other side of that, you know, um, you know, are you having events together 
virtually or in person, depending on the nature of your, your team, where you're getting everybody amped up in a positive way, where you're reminding people of their why, where they're able to bond over something amazingly great. And this is what they remember your brand for. This is why they choose to come to work every day, even on the hard days, because we're super excited to be here for that. How are you counteracting what every business is going to have, which is hard days, with some amazing things to bring people together for too? Absolutely. And I think with what you said, if you find that you don't have as much of that as you would like, I think it's worthwhile to begin to pay attention to, you know, if you were to ask your team, is there anything you connect over outside of work and being able to maybe see what happens? Like that's a, seems like a simple thing and it's not always a simple thing to do. But I think being able to remember that people are human, you give people the opportunity to connect over books or content or other things that might possibly be related to what you do, but it allows them as an individual and not just like, oh, I work for this team and I do social media or I'm, you know, a business coach or insert tag and, and label here, you know being able to figure out what are the things outside of that that really give them a reason to be in conversation outside of a task. Yeah. I mean, on the surface, that can sound really challenging, especially if you're an online-based business or if you have team members that are not in, even in the same country you're in, right? That can sound really complicated. But I want to challenge you to simplify it because it actually can be quite simple, can be as simple as, you know, coming together virtually for something that gets everybody excited. And I think that in order to know what that thing is, you don't want to just throw spaghetti at the wall. Um, you have to know who your people are and what matters to them and why it matters and what they value. And I think I'm glad you mentioned the word values because of course that word matters. And it matters way, way more than what people believe that it does. And Again, we've so often had people have an enhancement in their bond by taking that time to talk about values with us because we're not just talking about values from a perspective of this is where you work and what are the values here? Like, no, like what matters to you? What are the values that are important to you as a human in your life, in your world? What fuels you? You know, what is it that you are actively making choices to support the opposite end of that. Like, I don't want to say the things that piss you off, but kind of, (laughs) (laughs) kind of, and like people underestimate what, what can come from talking about the things that you share. Values is a huge one. Well, and I'll be transparent. Like, at one point, I was that person, you know, in college or, um, you know, fresh out of college trying to figure out a career, you know, coming from a low income family being first generation. I had multiple jobs at once. I had went through quite a few different jobs and I moved around a lot. And I can't think of one brand that I ever worked for that specifically asked me, what do I value? 
what matters to me and why. But I can tell you that would have made all the difference in me staying with that company long-term. So, you know, the question that I have to, to ask then is if you were working for a company and a company asked that, what do you think that would change as far as your belief in that company and your subsequent interaction with those that you worked with on that team? I mean, for me personally, I can say looking back, you know, in the 20s before I started my business and, and earlier, because, you know, a girl started working at like seven, eight, <laughs> <laughs> like legit. Um, right. I can say that it would have made me feel like I wasn't just a number that I actually mattered to them, that I was a part of the team. And I tend to be a little bit more optimistic anyway. So I just would have had faith that they would do something with that answer and integrate that into how they approach me and maybe even how they approach the business or the team that I was leading going forward. Yeah. And the interesting thing is I think everything that you just mentioned is such an important part of building trust and connection, not only just across the team members, but between the team and those that are in a leadership role. Because everyone wants to feel as though I matter. I am a part of the decision-making process here. I am a part of being able to craft what is happening here and the outcomes. And being able to be a part of that makes such a huge difference in whether or not somebody is truly invested in the in the role that they play. I think that that's a huge, huge dynamic piece of building a functioning and thriving team. Absolutely. And there's that second piece to that too um, that you just touched on lightly is, you know, bringing the team members together and allowing them to build relationships with one another. And that is so important. Um, one of the companies that I worked with that I feel like they didn't ask what matters to you specifically, but part of their training was they asked, you know, what is your long-term vision for your life? Even if it's not within their company, um, which Christian Dior actually, believe it or not. And you shared that with your fellow colleagues, um, during these educational training sessions and, uh, it was kind of a way, I don't know if they intended it to be this way, but to get to know a little bit more about these different executives in the room leading different teams throughout um, your part of, of their region and where they want to go, what matters to them in their career, maybe not in their life, maybe not their values, but just what is their long-term vision? And I found that in knowing that, it gave me a connection point to be able to continue the conversation beyond just what we were there to learn that day and then bring back to our teams. And I feel like I also have seen that come together really well just out of my nature of wanting to get to know people that I'm around better and you know, asking people how they feel about animals or how they feel about the environment. And you ask enough questions and you find out, you know, a couple of the people you're around really enjoy animals and somebody else has a connection with the SBCA. And before you know it, you're coming together, even though you're all associated with one client outside of your work with that client to create a, a beautiful project together that raises money to help these animals get adopted. 
And in that project, you've just bonded together in a way that I think working together alone on a project that is <laughs> like results oriented in a business will not allow you to, to do. And I can say for myself and having witnessed it and other clients and their work that we do together, when they're able to bond on something that truly matters to them at their core, even if it's in smaller groups instead of the whole entire team, but they know what they have in common and what matters to them in order to be able to do these things together, they have lifelong friendships that have been made, which means they're less likely to leave your company they're more likely to stay long-term because I feel like this isn't just a place where I get to work and make money towards this big goal and something that matters to all of us. But I have friends here that I have connected with in a way that is true to who I am at my core and not just what we're working on together. Hello, retention. Yes. Can we (laughs) we acknowledge that for a moment? We are at a current time that I am not sure if American culture has ever had, to be honest, which is that there are many jobs available and people are not wanting to work them. Nope. Because now they have a whole lot more choice. And how are you making your place a place that they choose to be? Yeah. And I think that a big part of it is that um, we've entered an era where mental health matters to people. It matters to them that the places that they work care about their mental health, their lifestyle, their overall happiness, their ability to access joy, that they feel like they belong where they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these things matter way more than the amount of money that you can offer them, way more than the benefits that you think that you're offering them. So all that being said, of course... As we begin to wrap up, I have to ask you, what is the one thing that you would want people to take away? Because I feel like we talked about a number of things, but I'm like, there are, there were a lot of scenarios and options and possibilities that we went through. What's the one thing you want them to take away and do? That the most important thing you can do when you are leading your team when you have a team. And I want to remind you that if you're working with a podcast production company, if you're working with a social media manager, if you're working with a VA, that is a team. They don't have to be an employee of yours to be part of your team. Thank you for saying that because people forget. Yes. So the thing I'd want you to take away is if you have team, if you are not a company of one, you have to take the time to Find out what each other's values are and see who has what in common and how can you bond together over that because it is so much cheaper, more effective, and better for your overall mental health and your company culture to retain incredible people than it is to have to keep looking for new team members. This was such a good conversation, and I'm so glad Andy and I were able to talk about this because it's not often enough that there is the consideration of what happens when your company culture is not based in shared values, let alone based in any values at all. What if there's nothing? I think everybody has been a part of a team that you didn't have shared values with them, where maybe there was the expectation that, yay, we're going to go out and we're going to volunteer for something, but nobody else shared 
that same compassion or consideration for that particular cause. Or maybe you try to have a team building event and it's something that nobody wanted to participate in. These are some of the things that can happen when you don't have shared values. And this is why when we do from implicit to explicit, um, our masterclass with teams, it's so important to be able to understand that this is a basis for you to take this time to figure out these values so that the next time you are together, it's not just because of this. Like these values give you a reason to connect. These values give you a reason to spend time together and to get to know these people that you are working with. Because for most of us, we spend more time with the people that we work with than we do with the people that we're at home with sometimes. So it's really important to have that common ground. So if you are curious about what this masterclass is that you've heard us reference in the episode and you want to be able to have us facilitate this for your team, come on over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit. You can learn more and we can go ahead and get you set up today. So for being here, for being a part of listening into this important and necessary dialogue, for wanting to be a part of the change that you want to see, and being willing to be in action as we all together drop the veil, challenging our thoughts, feelings, and actions. I want to say thank you. So until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?